0: Get ready to be jolted out of the ordinary and into a world where conversations are charged with intensity and facts. The Lightning Strike Talk Radio with your host, Mohamed Fahim, broadcasting live from the heart of the city on Chicago's Progressive Talk Radio, WCPT 820 AM. Welcome to a radio show that charges through the airwaves with an electricity like no other. Here's your host, Muhammad Fahim.
1: Good morning, Chicago, and welcome back to another edition of the Lightning Strike. I'm your host, Mohammed Fahim. Joining me in the studio today is Ken DeLuke. Hello, folks. And Mark Weinberg. Mark Weinberg and uh, John Alfano. No, John Arena, but Alfano's John Alfano. Uh, John is like no, it's John Arena, Italian. (laughs) (laughs) Again, uh, you are tuned in to the lightning strike on wcpd Chicago's progressive talk radio station. The number to call in is 773-763-9278. Folks, we have been talking with a lot of people over the past few, few weeks now. We have looked at different situations, different angles, and also every week we have a person of the week that uh, we identify and highlight, someone who has overcome challenges in their life and who can be a role model for us. This week, we are starting off with our personal of the week, and uh, if you remember a couple of weeks back, we had Joey Alfano, the mascot of the Harlem Globetrotters, as our person of the week in the studio with us, and today... Uh, Joey's mother, Michelle Alfano, will be joining us to introduce a very interesting person of the week and why we consider this person to be a person of the week. Michelle, good morning. You are on the air on WCPT with Mohamed Fahim, Kendaloo, John good. Arena, and Mark Weinberg.
2: Good morning, Mohammed. Thank you for having me.
1: Good morning, Michelle. So, uh, Michelle, let's talk about why you are on the air today and uh, who is Eric Strang and why are we focusing on Eric and his case today?
2: So, I've been involved with the Eric Strang case for about three years. I'm actually, I've been a high school teacher for about 30 years and I my passion is helping teenagers that get into trouble. Uh, I... M- I met Eric three years ago because I was sending books into the Iowa prisons through Midwest Books to prisoners. I'm an educator. I believe in education and rehabilitation through books. That's how I met Eric, because he turns out to be an unbelievable uh, student. He's been in prison for over 16 and a half years, actually. Sixteen years and 10 months. And during that time, what I respect so much about him is that he has made every effort to be really positive and proactive using his time. Okay, uh, Michelle, two-
1: let's, uh, let's, mm-hmm. uh, let's roll it back a little bit now. So Eric Strang <laughs> has been in prison since 2006. What was his initial offense? Yeah. Why was he incarcerated to begin with?
2: Yes. So Eric was at Iowa State University as a freshman. He was on a full academic scholarship. He'd never had any arrests, no problems. And one night he went to a party and was drinking unsupervised drinking that happens on these college campuses. Mm -hmm. And he ended up urinating. In public and the campus police called him in and they said we there's been a report that you were urinating and they said we're going to write a letter we'll have you copy it in your own handwriting and then you can go back to class Hmm. he thought that was an apology he was very sorry that he had done that stupid mistake and that letter ended up going to the Iowa Ames Police Department They used it as a confession. He was never, there was no attorney present. He was Mm. never told, oh, you will be put on a lifetime registry once you submit this letter. You will have to do treatment programs, never advised of anything. He just thought he was going back to class, and he was sorry for the incident. He got charged with indecent exposure. It was urinating, but it it, it was indecent exposure, which in Iowa is a sex offense.
1: Okay, so uh, we got uh, attorney Mark Weinberg in the studio with us today. Mark, uh, what do you think?
3: Okay, well, I, I, my understanding is that Eric uh, is serving 36 years, an incredibly le- long length of time, for a relatively minor offense. And so Michelle wants to uh, plead to the uh, mercy of prison officials to try to get him out, um, but to no avail.
4: Um before we go any further, Michelle, tell us some of the positive things that um, Eric has done while being incarcerated.
2: Okay, so first of all, the sentence was thirty four years, and there are four charges, and I will talk about that in a minute. Um, but yes. During his time incarcerated, Eric has gotten two associate's degrees, one in psychology, one in accounting, graduated with honors with a 3.9 GPA. He has gotten two apprenticeships. He did a paralegal program through Blackstone. Uh, He's also done an extensive amount of volunteering. He uh, did uh, leader dogs for the blind, training dogs to be guides. He's been a hospice volunteer, helping incarcerated people who are in hospice, which is a very, very sad situation. He's done Suicide Watch, helping incarcerated people who are on the verge of committing suicide. Also very, very sad situation. He's done a NAMI support group facilitating, which is the National Alliance on Mental Illness. He currently works 40 hours a week in his prison, uh, mentoring special needs incarcerated people. He's been very focused on on the underdog. And it's uh, interesting to note that he has also advocated substantially for Muslim incarcerated people. For example, during Ramadan, they follow a special diet and they have special religious Uh, that the prison is sometimes reluctant to recognize.
1: Well, uh, Michelle, in
2: uh, in, a voice for that group.
1: In in, in all fairness, uh, in in the Illinois Department of Corrections, there has been an effort now. uh, Faith by Plate Act uh, is currently going on at uh, the Illinois uh, legislature now. And also faith behind bars is uh, something that has been, uh, you know, active, uh, acted upon in Illinois. Mike, my question, folks, is this. Why are we keeping somebody who is a relatively, uh, you know, good person who's reformed to a large extent behind bars? And what is the cost of keeping someone in prison? Uh, John. You may not be aware that at any given time, uh, I'm looking at uh, data from 2021 now. It shows that 300.36 people, per 100,000 people are incarcerated in the United States.
3: Yeah, that's an amazing For
1: 100,000, 300 people are incarcerated in the United States. Now, this is compared to other NATO countries like the United Kingdom, which is 129. France is 93 and Iceland is 33. So we are like more than double even the United Kingdom as to the number of people that are incarcerated at any given time. Uh, Mark, why? why? Why is this happening? Is there a profit motive behind us?
3: Oh, well, I think there's – okay, first of all, I think that if 300 is low, Mohammed. I actually think we have 2 million people in prison in the United States. Well, that's uh, per 100,000. Per 100,000. Oh, per 100,000, oh, 100, we have yeah. how many? 300. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Um, well, I mean, we are a very punitive society, and we have given up on the hope of rehabilitation, and there are uh, financial concerns. The prison <laughs> industrial complex is, uh, you know, is invested in more and more prisons, and, uh, you know, this I, we all feel unsafe, and politicians are. You know, try to play tough on crime, and we build more and more prisons, although there's been a little backlash against that lately because of the costs. And now we're putting more and more people on parole uh,
1: as a substitute. Well, uh, you know, if you're uh, speaking of politicians being afraid of letting people uh, get out of prison, most of them should be in prison.
5: <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. I'm glad you said yeah. most and not all. Uh, <laughs> I mean, well, there are um, a few. <laughs> <laughs> well, John, John is a you know, former city council member from Chicago, so obviously he's trying to, uh, you know, watch his back <laughs> on this one. <laughs> okay, uh, But jokes aside, folks, it is a very, very serious thing that in our country – Getting people into prison is becoming more and more easier. Letting them out is getting more and more difficult. And when they come out, having them reintegrate back into society is a big challenge. Yeah.
4: Oh, and Mohammed. By the way, it costs a lot of money. We're talking anywhere between fifty to sixty thousand dollars a year to incarcerate somebody. So absolutely. this is absolutely uh, this isn't that painless to uh, the public at large. No.
1: Well, and, here's uh, here's the other thing, John. Uh, it's not just that cost of fifty to sixty thousand. Um, we're talking about IDOC and Cook County prison systems for these costs. Okay. The cost of putting people into prison, all the judicial costs, all the other things, you know, the, the police costs and all of that, you add that up, it goes up over $120,000 per person. Yeah, it's incredible. Now, that is incredible. Why are we doing this? And uh, let's come back to, uh, to Michelle. And uh, Michelle, so yes. Eric called me so- from prison last week. And I believe yes. that you went and you spoke at the Department of Corrections meeting on what, Saturday or Friday?
2: On Friday, yes. I, I go every two months and I speak to the Board of Corrections, always respectfully and peacefully. And my argument is basically that Eric Strang deserves a second chance. He deserves to come back into the workforce he uh, has never had a any kind of—there's no sex in the case. There's no rape in the case. There's no violence. He's paid his restitution. He's completed the treatment program. He's done really everything, the program that the DOC has asked of him. Okay, He's so never the- had a sexual misconduct report. So we're arguing that it's time for him to be released. He's been eligible for parole since 2017.
1: Okay, so folks, here's here's the thing. Here's the thing. If he's been eligible for parole in, since 2017, and I spoke with Eric uh, last week on Friday, he called me from prison, and we had a long chat. Uh, and it yes. is incredible that now the prison system is going back and beating down in Eric by putting him in solitary confinement. That, that is, is correct. That is cruel and unusual punishment. We also have uh, on the line with us, uh, we got uh, Leah. And uh, Leah, if you could please introduce yourself and tell us what is your connection with, uh, with Eric's case and where do you come in?
6: Good morning, Mohammed. Good morning. I have served as Eric's college advisor and career coach for multiple years. I've been following this case because my doctoral work is in higher education. And it's a highly unusual punitive case for a college freshman who was on scholarship. And um, it's just been um, you know, shocking to watch that he's been eligible for parole since 2017 and no progress has been made.
4: Leah, I read a letter that you wrote to the Attorney General. Could you give a brief summary of what you said to them and what you were requesting?
6: Sure. I have worked for the past 10 years, um, and my career path has shifted from higher ed administration and consulting work to doing trauma healing work at a drug and alcohol recovery center in the United States and for the past 10 years. And so I work with sex addicts. I work with alcoholics and drug addicts every day. And, you know, Eric does not really fit that profile, um, at all. And he's, you know, someone who's being considered for civil commitment, which means it would be an extended extension of his, uh, sentencing where he would not be able to get out necessarily, um, you know, being from Iowa, I'm very familiar with
4: um,
6: the these facilities in Cherokee, Iowa, and other locations, and uh, it's it's a serious situation. Where Mark, uh, tell,
4: Mark's the attorney in the group here. Mark, could you explain what civil commitment means in this particular case?
3: Sure. Um, well, this is just another cruelty that is going to be faced by Erica. Um First, he got an incredibly long sentence for a very minor offense. Offenses. Uh, second, he's been subject to the cruelties of being in prison, uh, like the like the solitary confinement uh, that he's been subjected to, which is definitely cruel and unusual. And third, now he faces the prospect of being in civil commitment. What is civil commitment? Civil commitment is when a state has the power to institutionalize somebody for life. Um, it's really a black hole. It's it's a it. They call it treatment uh, for a mental illness, uh, okay. but but it's really a prison uh, for people that we just want to lock away and throw away the key. For there is no effective treatment usually in these programs, and the duration is not limited to anything. And it often results in lifetime commitment. Okay, so uh,
1: that uh, basically is uh, a, a classic. Uh, you know, definition of cruel and unusual punishment. I mean, if uh, if you ask me about it, Mark. Uh, one of the things that most people, uh, and again, folks, if you would like to chime in, the number to call in is seven seven three seven six three nine two seven eight, and that is seven seven three seven six three WCP T. You are listening to the Lightning Strike on AM eight twenty W. CPT, And we come every Sunday morning. Uh, My name is Mohammed Fahim. I am the host of the show. And with me in the studio today is uh, Ken DeLuke, Mark Weinberg and uh, John Alfano. (laughs) 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 Uh, John Arena, we'll take a quick break and uh, we'll be back on the other side of the break and we'll continue this conversation.
3: Planning to lay off employees is never easy. Discover the Center for Strategic Solutions, your trusted partner in outplacement services. Are you a company in transition or an individual seeking a new opportunity? Our Chicago-based team specializes in providing personal outplacement services to employees. At the Center for Strategic Solutions, we're not just consultants. We're dedicated to your success. Ready to navigate change with confidence? Contact the Center for Strategic Solutions today at 847-306-9274. Visit us online at www.cfss.us or email info at cfss.us. The Center for Strategic Solutions, empowering employers and job seekers for success in the heart of Chicago. Welcome
0: back to The Lightning Strike with Mohammed Fahim.
1: Okay uh, now welcome back uh, to the lightning strike uh, we are discussing today the high cost of incarceration and is it serving its purpose or not serving its purpose why are we spending over 80 billion dollars that is 80 billion with a b on keeping people in prison and it has become like the military industrial complex it has become like mark your words the prison industrial complex Something is definitely not right with the way that we are incarcerating people and hoping to reform them. Is reform happening? Is reform not happening? What the heck is going on with our taxpayer dollars? And you
4: have to ask the question: Is the like for example this this example right here with Eric? Are they keeping him in prison to put money in their pockets? Is that a thing? I know there are private uh, companies well, uh, that do uh, subcontracting are, and everything
1: else. Is yeah, something- there are private prisons and there are government-funded prisons. Okay? Uh, it's not so much putting money in, in, in their pocket. I think it is job security for a lot of people. Okay. And uh, so, Leah, uh, let's go back uh, to Leah. And uh, we have got about uh, six other people uh, calling in the line. Please uh, stay on the line with us. This is a very important conversation we are having on the lightning strike today. And uh, folks, be patient. So, Leah, now, I believe that you, in, in, in your professional capacity, you are also a psychologist or a psychotherapist?
6: I'm not a psychotherapist. I am. My doctoral work is in higher education administration. I've served okay. for many years in administrative role and consulting work for uh, over 200 universities across the nation. That's why this is such a highly unusual case. Okay. And now I've spent 10 years doing trauma healing work, body-based trauma healing work, in partnership with therapists, psychiatrists, and addiction medicine specialists. And my clients are sex addicts, drug addicts, and alcoholics okay. um, for the past
1: 10 years. Uh, well, let's uh, see if we can bring in uh, Lynn Hamilton. Lynn is uh, calling us in. And uh, Lynn, good morning. You are on the lightning strike. How can we bring you into the conversation?
7: Well, I, I happened upon you this morning. I'm, You know, I follow prison issues mildly a little bit, but I am horrified to hear about what is happening in this case. You know, we're all concerned about the cost to taxpayers of this ridiculous over-incarceration in our society. But, I mean, the cost to society, not just for the imprisonment, but just families mm-hmm. and, and other programs and, and, you know, children that are families that are torn apart. But the cost is so much higher than just the cost of the incarceration. And what does it say about our society that we allow this type of cruelty? I mean, I think people are of Largely not aware, but um, this this just says something about who we are as a country and as a people. Lynn, um, uh, thank think, you,
1: thank you, know, thank uh, you so much for for bringing that part of it as to the impact it has on families. It's not just the one person, man; it is the family behind the person. Okay, no, I I I, I, I give it that we have to have some people need to be incarcerated. Okay, but of course, uh, there is this organization called the Safer Foundation in Chicago which focuses on finding employment for these people who have been incarcerated once they come out of prison uh, Safer does an absolutely bang up wonderful job of bringing people in into productive employment and uh, they do a, a a yearly employer appreciation lunch and i was sitting in one of those lunches uh, some time back And I looked around and there's like maybe about 80% of the people in that room should have been in prison in one time. We just don't get caught. A lot of us make stupid mistakes, you know, and we don't get caught. And then when you get into the system... The system queues you up and spits you out, mm-hmm. and uh, there is no and, and, one...
7: And can I say something to that? You Please. Make, that's exactly the point, that this could happen to anyone. Correct. Then, you know, we tell you, oh, criminals, yeah. your child could be caught in this.
4: And what did he get called and for, yeah. being a 19-year-old freshman in college, realistically? <laughs> has he done anything that most of us haven't done at that age? I mean, that's ridiculous.
1: Okay, well, uh, Lynn, thank you so much for, for calling in. Uh, do tune in to The Lightning Strike every Sunday morning, and you can also yeah. watch us uh, live on Facebook. Let's uh, see, uh, we got uh, Nelson calling us. Uh, Nelson, good morning. You are on WCPT.
0: Good morning, yes. This is Nelson calling from Chicago, Um I just want to say thank you to everybody who's addressing this issue, because Eric Strange is a model citizen and make no mistake. There's many people like him who have made mistakes, but he's paid his debt to society. And it's just unfair that, you know, in a punitive society that we live in that we could extend, you know, prison sentences for people like him. And then eventually we all pay the price, whether it's 15 or 30 years. Eric will be integrated into society eventually by default of his of his prison sentence being over or or whatnot, and everybody pays that because the the damage that is done yes. to these people, the PTSD that they have to suffer for, those are the people that you see on the streets that suffer, that end up homeless, homeless, and and with major you know mental health issues. But it it can be stopped, and it doesn't stop at just Eric's case. You know, there's many people like him that are suffering. And uh, continue to suffer because the issue is not brought to light. So thank you so much, you know this this Sunday morning for bringing you know light to this issue. And from the bottom of my heart, I just want to say that you know everybody here is in one way or another a part of yes. you know helping bring Eric.
1: Well, uh, thank you so much, uh, Nelson, for calling in. Uh, Mark, uh, you uh, wanted to say something. I just wanted to say in response to
3: Nelson's statement that there's a chance that Eric will never actually be reintegrated to the society if he is forced to go into civil commitment. Uh, Those people, as I said, they go into a dark hole and they oftentimes are never let out of there.
1: Well that uh, you know that is uh, so so sad to hear we got uh, also Darcy uh, calling in and Darcy wants to talk about uh, the torture in uh, and what solitary confinement really is Darcy good morning you are on the air with Mohammed Fahim
8: Good morning and thank you for allowing me to speak uh, I'm from Iowa I'm a taxpayer and for 52 years and I'm just appalled about the torture in solitary confinement and the civil commitment proceedings um, if I would treat my dog that way, which I would never do, I could be arrested for the animal abuse and what they're doing to our young people and men in incarcerated, and yeah, it's just appalling. We live in America, not a war zone. Slavery has been abol- abolished. There's no longer Asian American detention camps, and I don't understand why this is still happening. This is not rehabilitation that our our money is going for. it's torture. And I thank you for bringing this up today, and I just ask how people can.
1: Well get I think uh, I think Darcy the the best thing that we could do i I do believe uh, Michelle that uh, Eric has a Facebook uh, page also set up to where people can show his support uh, for that. Would you mind uh, sharing that with us, Michelle?
2: Please. Yeah, it's it's called Support Eric String. String is spelled S-T-R-E-N-G-E. And you can certainly go on there and read more about Eric's story. We also have a, a Yahoo Eric Freedom 2023 at Yahoo.com. So feel free to write us and, and help support. Um, okay okay yeah.
1: thank you uh, thank you for sharing that michelle and uh, uh, folks in 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 all fairness we did reach out to the iowa attorney general's office and to the director of the department of corrections over there inviting them to come on the air with us today uh, the director of uh, the attorney general's office did respond back that the attorney general is not available to come this Sunday. So hopefully the attorney general would come uh, the next time that we address this issue. We are not going to let go of this. Let me let me assure you, folks, that this is something that should not be happening. And on that note, let's see. Uh, Rosie, you have a comment on the Illinois prison system. You're welcome. You're on the air. Perhaps. Yes. Hello.
9: Um I have a friend whose son was put into the Illinois prison system. Um, I'm not saying he didn't do anything wrong, but I was a, he's an alcoholic, and there was a domestic abuse um, charge. But he got six years, even though he was in rehab, um, and the, he was sent down to Southern Illinois prison because supposedly they have— a rehabilitation program there um the conditions are abhorrent Mm -hmm. 20 men to a room one toilet no privacy uh no air conditioning it was 110 for over a week and no ac and those men were just boiling in that cinder block room Um, not only that covid They all got COVID because they aren't allowed vaccinations. Like, tell me how that is not severe punishment. So, you know, this young man, he's got four more years left in this situation, and he can't even get transferred to any kind of a room where he has a little more privacy, maybe two or four men to a room instead of 20. Uh, They're charged
1: uh, and, and this is this money. is not this is not the gulag right i mean this is uh, the united states of america man yeah
9: what exactly. is happening
1: you know i, I, I don't uh, know
9: what? i mean at least have air conditioning
1: yeah yes. uh, mark uh, mark wants to make a quick comment over here mark oh, oh on,
3: on it, the one th- minute michelle just uh, on the matter okay. of the cruelty of prisons I, I heard a federal judge a famous federal judge judge posner a very conservative man say we think we've made such moral progress in our society, especially in America. But when you look at
1: prisons, prisons are no better than they were in the 1700s. That is. That's true. That that is so sad, uh, folks. The number to call in is seven seven three seven six three nine two seven eight. We are discussing yeah. the. Horrible conditions in our prison system, something needs to be done to reform our judicial and justice programs and systems so again, the number to, uh, to call seven seven three seven six three nine two seven eight i 'm Mohammed Fahim with me in the studio today, Ken DeLuke, uh, Mark Weinberg, who is a practicing attorney and uh, also, John Arena, not Alfano. My, my, uh, my they, you know, thing again in the morning. Uh, but Mark, uh, some of the uh, cases that that you get involved in. You want to talk about uh, some of those issues that uh, the, uh, that you can, you know, are looking at currently? Sure. So. Uh,
3: you know, Eric's case is very typical, and uh, I've sp- I spent the last 12 years challenging restrictions that are imposed upon people that have been convicted of sex offenses. Sex offenders are the most despised people in our society, and some of them can never ever get out of prison. And we bring lawsuits on behalf of them. We don't ch- we don't uh, defend <laughs> the crime itself, but the uh, the um, con- uh, this. The circumstances that are imposed upon them after they've been convicted are horrible, including parole restrictions. People who have been convicted of sex offenses can't have any contact with their own minor children when they're on parole. They can't use the Internet. Uh... Uh, in Wisconsin, people who are convicted of sex offenses have to wear a GPS for life. Anyway, wow. yeah, even after they're off of any supervision. So my practice is about challenging
1: certain of the cruelties associated with this population of people. So, no, Michelle, let's come back to, to Eric now. Yes. He is now yes. being classified as a sex offender. Where was the sex involved in this? Yes, uh, that's a
2: term that I would never use for describing Eric because there was no sex in the case. There are, however, two sex charges. The first was the indecent exposure and then two years before there was an attempted to kiss an adult woman and fondle without her permission. And that, again, teenagers make mistakes. We are not saying that Eric didn't do, made made mistakes, but... After 16 and a half years in prison, we're saying that the treatment he's receiving is excessively harsh. Uh, Speaking to Rosie's uh, point, right now, today, Eric is in a cell that's six feet wide. He can touch the walls with both hands. He has fluorescent lights on him 24 hours, which makes sleep very disturbed. Uh, One of his meals was four tater tots. In other words, he's not receiving sufficient food for a man who's five foot eleven. It's it's very severe. It's very harsh. And to Nelson's point that people are coming back into society, it is Mm -hmm. my opinion that If a person is incarcerated, we want to focus on education, rehabilitation, counseling, give people an incentive to work on getting better, because after all, People do need second chances. They need a reason to say, "Yeah, I made a mistake, but I want to try to get better." That's especially true when we're
1: talking about well, teenagers, uh, Michelle. Uh, and, I I have had my share of people who are incarcerated that I have helped to bring them back into society in productive employment. Uh, you know, working with the Illinois Worknet Center uh, in the past, and. Uh, Most of the people that I brought in who had a record back into employment, they have turned out to be some of the best employees that any employer can ask for. So, folks, uh, here's the thing. Let's focus on, first off, throwing some light on this Horrible, horrible case that is in Iowa. It could have been in our, uh, you know, in our neighborhood also. Uh, speaking of that, Ma- Margaret, uh, you uh, want to talk about the prison system? And thank you for calling in. You are on the air with Mohamed Fahim on the Lightning Strike.
10: Hi, good morning. Um, thank you for your show. I've been listening to it, um, I think, for a couple of months now, so I appreciate it.
7: Um, I
10: hope that this is appropriate. Um, I'm calling to inquire about the. Application of solitary confinement in the specifically the Illinois prison system, but um, in the country as well, it seems that the uh, corrections officers have a- enormous power that they can wield over the uh, the prisoners. And, and um, I personally know somebody very close who was in solitary confinement for ninety days. Um, wow. He has a mental illness. Uh, he also went in with, you know, dr- he had drug issues. Um, and he's come out with PTSD and an exacerbation of his mental illness and drug abuse uh, situation. So uh, my, uh, my question is that are, what are the rules? Around application
1: of solitary confinement, and is there any legal action that can be taken? Well, let's see if uh, let's see if Mark could yeah. uh, could answer that, folks. Actually, we wanted to talk about this subject for maybe about 20 minutes this morning. It's already been 40 minutes. I don't think that we'll sorry. be able to cover any other subject. No, no, no. You don't have to be. <coughs> uh, sorry, Margaret. Uh, this is so important for us. Uh, as a society, we have to address it. So Mark, uh, uh, coming back to Margaret's question, do you have uh, got an answer for that? Yeah, well, the short answer is that
3: uh, a lot of us are hoping that it's very soon the Supreme Court of the United States will declare solitary confinement unconstitutional. Uh, advocates in this area I recently brought a case to the Supreme Court, and just last week three of the justices wanted to hear the case, meaning they wanted to hear a case that in which would allow them to rule solitary confinement unconstitutional uh, in violation of the Eighth Amendment, Cruel and Unusual Punishment. And six of the judges, the conservative judges, rejected the call to hear the case but it's only a matter of time before the Supreme Court takes up this challenge and hopefully they will rule that this horrible horrible thing is declared to be unconstitutional
1: that's so nice to hear Uh, so folks we will continue we will continue this conversation as the shows uh, progress okay Uh, the lightning strike was obviously we we started the show to to throw light on these inequities in our society in our system and uh, Sarah you want to talk about the prison system also good morning. Thank you for calling w c p t You are on the lightning strike
5: hi uh i yeah, my name is Sarah. I wanted to just ask the question. There's so many people that run for office, and in the past, they've you know done this tough on crime campaign mm-hmm. and i'm I'm wondering when we're gonna have some candidates out there you know, running for office that are going to start really, you know, talking about the abuses of our um, correction system. It's,
1: okay. at it's a legal the, system. At the, at the moment now, Sarah, uh, the mm-hmm. candidates uh, for all of these elections are going through the petition process. So once mm-hmm. the petitions are submitted, we will know who is the, going to be on the ballot for different positions. Uh, we have already had about Uh, five or six judicial candidates on on the lightning strike in the past from uh, the circuit court judges to the appellate court judicial candidates and uh, definitely we will be inviting more of the candidates who are running for office and uh, we will ask them that question thank you so much for calling in on on the lightning strike Uh, let's take a quick uh, uh, one more
5: more question uh, go ahead sarah or or give information. Please please go ahead. Um, I also I also am part of a restorative justice circuit court in North Lawndale okay. and Englewood, and these courts are m- becoming much more hopefully popular um, as a way to keep uh, young individuals out of prison and out of or. And making sure that they don't have any felony record
1: that they carry around. W- w- one, wonderful to hear that. I think the Will County State's Attorney also has got a great program on restorative justice, not just, uh, you know, punitive justice. So let's take a quick break and uh, we'll come back on the other side of the break. Again, the number to call in is 773 763 9278. You're listening Thanks, to The Lightning ben. Strike.
4: Did you know there's an Illinois mandate that states by 2025 ComEd has to have 25% of the energy they deliver come from a green source? Because of this, plus the fees and taxes you've already paid on this program, if you qualify, you can get solar on your home at no out-of-pocket cost. This can mean an average savings on your electric bill of maybe 30 to 50%. More importantly, it would eliminate the uncertainty of ComEd raising your rates by whoever knows how much each year. Some people have noticed a 41% increase on their bill this spring, and ComEd has been asking for another 80% increase over the next four years. If your average bill is 200 bucks a month now, maybe it could be reduced to 100 bucks a month. Now, five years, would you rather pay 115 or possibly four to 500 If you'd like to see if you can qualify for this program, call Kendall Luke at 312-617-8979. That's 312-617-8979. Help us save the environment and change that electric bill burden. That's 312-617-8979. Take advantage of this program while it's still available.
1: Welcome back to The Lightning Strike with Mohammed Fahim. Good morning, folks, and welcome back to The Lightning Strike on WCPT 820 AM. You can also listen to us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash WCPT 820 or Facebook.com forward slash TLS Chicago for The Lightning Strike Chicago. Our website is tlschicago.com the show will be posted on our website after these, uh, after it's over today so you're welcome to go back and contact us through the website uh, with me in the studio today again uh, Ken DeLuke, Mark Weinberg and uh, John Arena and uh, on the phone with us Michelle Alfano and uh, Leah so uh, Michelle coming back uh, to the last 15 minutes we actually wanted to do this like for 15-20 minutes today but uh, the interest is so high from people calling in that we will continue uh, on this uh, particular subject today. So, uh, Ken, you had a question yeah. for uh, for Michelle.
4: Yeah, uh, Michelle, I understand that um, the way the rules are, uh, there's a 90-day issue up, you know, where they have to address the uh, civil commitment 90 days before right. release. But 90 days before release is seven years from now. So where That's are right. we with that? That's
2: right. So, yeah, our our argument, really, our target for Eric is getting him released. We expected him to be released in the summer of 2022, and then the DOC forwarded his case for further review for civil commitment, but she doesn't meet the criteria. And one of those criteria was that his case had to be re- reviewed in 30 days by the DOC. It was not. They took six months. They also require... Proof of a Mental Abnormality, Eric is, as I told you in the beginning, he just has a stellar record of um, he's in positions like being a mentor where people look up to him, including the staff. Um, he's he's never been on any kind of mental um, health drugs, never had a diagnosis. There is no mental illness. So, it's
4: so what you're saying basically is the they They haven't haven't made the burden of proof to do what they're trying to do to them, and they're still doing it, is what you're telling me.
2: Well, they've passed the case to the attorney general, who will further review it. We feel that Eric's case does not meet the criteria for civil commitment. However, the attorney general will not review Eric's case until early 2029. And they've made that clear to us. That is their process. They review cases 90 days to discharge. And Eric's discharge date is February of 2029. So we thought he was getting out two summers ago. And then lo and behold, another seven year wait was just added on. Um, huh. Is it legal? Yes, it is. They are within their rights. It's not that they've violated a law, but it's that they're using their discretion in a way that is so harsh. So we are asking the Attorney General, Renna Byrd of Iowa, to please use her discretion in a case like this that has no sex, no rape, no violence, no children we're asking her to use her discretion, review the case now, not seven years, not he's waited two years already, but use your discretion, review this case, clear him, let him go before the parole board on his merits. Mm-hmm. And, and he's, he's served almost 17 years. We feel enough is enough. It's time for Eric Strang to be reintegrated into society. By the way, Eric has five job offers here in the Chicago area. He has been accepted on full scholarship to a university here in the Chicago area. He has a home to parole to. He has an incredibly supportive family and friends. He His release plan is stellar, so he's low risk. He's hey, a low Mark, Mark, risk release. Mark, What I can, more I've, do you want from
1: him? Okay, hold Michelle, on one second. Mark, I
4: think Mark has I, a, I want to ask Mark this question. Yeah. Uh, what possible people in Eric's position, what possible legal recourse do they have, if any?
3: Yeah, so I see this uh, instance as a, 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 a great example of when the process becomes the punishment. So... Eric does not meet any of the criteria for civil commitment, and yet the Attorney General in Iowa says they have to wait till night or as a practice it 's their practice to wait till ninety days before his official discharge date to make a determination of uh, of civil commitment well there's no reason that they have to wait not till ninety days. They could make that determination now he would then be el- eligible per, for parole and hopefully get it. But instead, they delay, delay, delay as a form, a legal form of punishment.
1: Okay, I think, uh, folks, here's the thing. Uh, this is something that uh, I have been preaching since the show started. Get involved. And the best thing that we could do is get involved by electing the right people. So uh, the, uh, the governor of, uh, of the state of Iowa... Please yes. take notice, Kim Reynolds. Kim Reynolds, please take notice that you are going to be up for re-election one day. Okay, and uh, uh,
2: actually, very soon, we've yeah. reached out to the governor's office many, many times, and okay. we do ask that people reach out to the governor on behalf of Eric, advocating. Well, for and here's uh, the here's, here's the thing: to the his
1: case. Uh, Michelle, the the governor, the state representatives, you know. Every elected official should be aware that they serve at the will of the people. And uh, if the people come out and vote, uh, unfortunately in our country, Mark, uh, and John, you know that the number of people, like right now there is an election going on in India. Mm -hmm. Do you know what the turnout is? No. 70 to 80%. Oh, wow. Okay. 70 to 80 percent in our country over here, folks, we are letting the tail wag the dog. Okay, we are lucky if we get 20, 25 percent, you know, people to come out for elections. So, folks, keep it in mind that the elections are coming up and make sure that you uh, research the candidates. Find out who these people are that you are going to allow you uh, to represent yourself. Uh, Case in point, that is going on in Plainfield right now, the you know, village that I live in. Our village board is kind of so fractured on opposing the mayor. There's a couple of village board members who say no to everything that the mayor proposes. Everything, regardless of whether it's in the interest of the people or not. Uh, there is a village board meeting tomorrow that I'm going to go out to. Uh, this is regarding a piece of land that is right in front of the of the village hall. Uh, there is a park, and there is a three-acre piece of land right next to the park that the village wants to add to the park. There is a developer who is going to be making an apartment complex, which is totally going to take away from the ambience of that area. Uh, a couple of our board members are saying, oh, no, we don't want to acquire the park. They have some kind of interest. But here's the thing. In the last elections in Plainfield, Plainfield has a population of 45,000, roughly. Okay, about 50% are registered voters. You know how many people came out to vote last time? No. 6,000. So 6,000 people came out in the municipal elections, and they elected... You know, these bozos who are on the village board now and uh, they have, uh, you know, they are holding up progress in in the turnout matters. And, you know, in this case, state's
3: attorney, its attorney generals, you know, those are the ones that, you know, tend to come out and say, I'm going to be tough on crime, lock them all up. We're seeing a lot of this kind of, uh, you know. dichotomy in terms of candidates like, you know, Kim Fox took a lot of heat, but Mm -hmm. she's actually been more effective on on uh, uh, gun crimes than the hardliners that came before her that said, we're just going to lock everybody up. And this is where we start seeing people getting victimized in the in the penal system uh, because for low level crimes, somehow that people are interpreting that as somehow keeping us safer. And it's actually not.
1: John, I I know I know of of, yeah. I know of instances where somebody has been thrown into prison for stealing a loaf of bread. <clears throat> yeah, hunger is not a crime. <laughs> stealing a loaf of bread, yeah. okay, and uh, they come back out again. They don't have any skills. They they are not integrated back. They steal another loaf of bread and they go back into the system. Yeah, uh, Michelle, I've got uh, yes, uh, you know four I, minutes to finish off. I, so if we can I have some final to thoughts to... from you.
2: Yes, and it's not only about voting, but it's about expressing (laughs) to our political representatives what we want, because they think that we want to be tough on crime. We've been reaching out to uh, Ken Rosenboom, state senator of Newton, Iowa, where Eric's incarcerated, and John Dunwell, and we've been expressing to them solitary confinement is a torture. This is not tough on crime. This doesn't make anyone safer. This is not what we want as paying taxpayers, citizens of this democracy. So I think it's also important not only to vote, but to tell our officials, please, please, Represent us in a humane way and listen to us once you are in office, Michelle. And could you please uh,
4: could you please say again how people can follow this uh, this uh, deal? Um, you know what Facebook, what uh, websites are available well, that Eric, they can follow this again?
2: Yeah, Eric, Eric's Facebook page is support Eric String S T R E N G E, and we have an Eric Freedom twenty twenty three at yahoo.com. We can also always send letters to Eric. There's nothing better than receiving a letter from somebody who believes in you and gives you courage. Of course, in solitary confinement, they uh, are supposed to give you your mail, but often mm-hmm. don't. That's another part of the punishment. But, yes, that's where we can be reached. Eric Freedom 2023 at Yahoo.com. And Facebook, support Eric Strang, S-T-R-E-N-G-E.
1: And, folks, uh, Eric was actually supposed to join us on the air today, and this was like as of Friday when I spoke with him. He was very excited on uh, to come on the air and said, I'm going to let everyone know that I'm going to be on the air. And Friday afternoon, he gets thrown into solitary confinement for just having the the audacity to talk to somebody about, about his case. Yes.
5: Yeah. And I
2: will tell you, Mohammed, I called the prison. It has happened at 5 p.m. I spoke to Captain Waller. I have a release form to speak on Eric's behalf. And I said, what are the charges? He said, call back Monday. He had no idea what the charges were. Didn't know, mumbled, fumbled. It was my understanding that there were no charges and they would figure it out
7: on Monday.
1: Well, uh, when definitely we will follow up uh, in the next uh, few weeks on what's happening with with Eric and his case. Thank you very much for joining us, Michelle. And Leah, thank yeah, you so much for joining you. us it's also. Supporting. Any final thoughts uh, from you, Leah? Thank you so much, Mohammed. It's been fantastic to
6: work with you
1: today. Well, absolutely. Thank you so much for joining us, folks. Again, you are tuned in to The Lightning Strike on WCPT AM 820. We come every Sunday morning from 9 to 10. Our website is TLS for The Lightning Strike Chicago, tlschicago.com. With me in the studio today, John Arena, Mark Weinberg, Ken DeLuke, and Tidy Pipkins, our intern. And uh, thank you all very much for joining us also, gentlemen. It's been a pleasure having you on, on The Lightning Strike today. And you're welcome to come back anytime that you want to continue this conversation. And uh, Dylan, thank you very much for manning the boat as usual, man, with this. Thank you very much. Uh, you folks have a nice week. We'll see you next Sunday. In the morning from 9 to 10 on WCPT 820 AM, Chicago's progressive talk radio station.